Hey, what's going on? It is at the letters for Thursday, October 29th. Arden Swelling, Ben Nicholson-Smith. Our producers are Mike Tassoni and Christian Ryan. And there is one other guy on the screen with us. He's got his gamer headset on. <laughs> I mean, look at him. Yeah. Ready uh, to crush some noobs, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Old school ATL fans will recognize that voice, at least. I don't know if they ever saw you. It's Sam McKee. OG producer of ATL. What's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot. Just uh, happy to see your faces over this uh, virtual world we live in. So uh, we, we bring Sam on because we have to uh, recap our 2020 over-unders this week on ATL. The bill has come due from this 60-game uh, season. And uh, who better than to do that from than, than Sam McKee, who produced many an over-unders episode back in the day. Many an ardent defeat was had at your hands, Sam. <laughs> Well, I feel like your problem was always like, I want to be just like, I'm all heart. Like, uh, you're just always going for the That's gusto right. and you want it. And Ben was always a more reasonable one. And I feel like that was sort of the dynamic on the over-unders every year. Well, Sam, you, you are in for a different kind of year because Arden's takes were entirely too reasonable this oh, year. Oh, I know. On the, uh, yeah, right, because you've gone through it. But man, oh, yeah. you were so, Arden's, Arden was just taking these reasonable lines. And like, I can't <laughs> argue with that. That's been my strategy for years, so I can't criticize it. But the fact is, man, like those bold reach for it takes were hard to find this year. That doesn't sound like me. I will say that it was it's a bit true. of a role reversal. Definitely a bit of really? a role reversal. Yeah, yeah it I was. was. Surprised, so. so I don't remember any of this. I don't. Ben, do you remember any? Yeah, I, I remember a couple of them. I remember the Biggio um, patience one because that was one that I tracked in the course of the season. And I just, I do remember the feeling of I was going out on a limb. I think I was bold on Vlad, which probably didn't pay off. And I think you were really reasonable, Arden. And I. I know I've won a few of these over the years, but I'm kind of worried. I think this might be the year that you win, and I'm not happy about that. Well, you didn't win last year's. So that's all I know. No, I you did didn't win. win that. No. Was, yeah, dude, we had a tiebreaker. We had a tiebreaker. Go back, oh, check yeah. the tape. Yeah, we did have a tiebreaker. Yeah. Did we ever tabulate those? I don't even yes, remember. Yes, of course we did. Oh, and did I we? And I lost the tiebreaker? Yes. Oh. <laughs> all right, boys. So you want to get started here? Yeah, let's get started. Let's do it, Sam. So the first one that you guys did was Hunjin Ryu ERA over under, and you guys set the number at 3.70, and he came in at a 2.69, which was a nice year for him, obviously. Arden went under, and Ben went over. So that's wow. one point for old Arden. Oh, man. Wow. I'll yeah. take wow. that. That's yeah, he was start. great. He was really good. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. a sign. Insane. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that seems high that we set it that high. Well, your reasoning was the, was the division and, you know, right. like a new league. And playing against all the same competition over and over, and there, there was t- your reasoning sounded great, but you're just wrong. So <laughs> yeah, and you know what? If we were to set this, if we have a Ryu over under next year, I would be more comfortable taking a low number for him. Just having seen him all year, you see the way that he manages the running game, you see how he fields his position, the limits hard contact. Like you kind of get a better understanding of why he's so good. All right, the next one was a little more. Uh, I would say a little more liberal. Uh, you guys set the Nate Pearson K per nine. You guys set the over-under at 10.7, and uh, the actual was 8, and Ben took the over, which, uh, oh boy, Arden was under. So 2-0 Arden with the Mr. Reasonable off to a hot start. This is not good, folks. This is not good. (laughs) Unders win the over-unders. Always go under. You always have to go under. But like, how many innings did he even throw? I can't remember. Not many. And he he was hurt. I mean, I'm not saying saying that I – you know, deserved a better fate in this one because I probably was too bullish, but he definitely was dealing with the elbow flexor issue at, at points this season. It's funny to think about the fluctuations and the, like the knee. Remember after his first start, right? Like his yeah. first big league start and it was like, oh my God, right? And then all of a sudden he's hurt and he can't find the zone and comes back center of the bullpen. This is just not the season I was expecting from Nate Pearson. Uh, he pitched it. 18 innings in the regular season. Yeah, fellas. Wow, so tiny sample. Yeah. Yep. Two in the playoffs? Yeah, that sounds right. That two sounds innings right. in the playoffs in game two, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, in relief when like the you know the game was essentially already over. But right. <laughs> All right, early lead. The next one is uh, Ken Giles saves. And you guys set the oh, number no. at 11 and a half. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the actual number was uno, one. Ben went over, Arden went under. Oh, uh, unders no. always win, boys. Nice. Unders always win. Wow. Why did I take the over? What possible reasoning did I have? 
I can't even remember. It was flimsy. It was flimsy at best. Arden's reasoning was like, there's not many games. Like, that's a lot of games for them to have to be in a safe situation. So, Oh, no. Arden is destroying me here. Yeah, it hasn't been a hot start. I really, I'm not going to lie to you. Partly also would have been like, I don't think they're going to win that many games. Yeah. Right? That's the the thing. At the end of this, I'm sure we did a win total, right? And I was, I I did not see them winning as many games as they did. No, we both took the under, I think. Yeah. So I think that would have been part of my reasoning too. All right. So the next one is Tanner Roark home runs allowed. And you guys set the number at nine and a half. And the actual was 14 fellas, which is a ton of, ton of dingers for a 60 game season. But Arden took the over on nine and a half and Ben under lost. Oh no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What were we saying about it coming in, Sam? Do you remember? That he's going to pitch a lot of innings and in that, you know, it's going to be hard competition. That was a lot of your reasoning for a lot of this stuff was the sort of hard competition and the hard division against those guys. And Arden said, because it was the Yankees, and uh, I believe you mentioned the Red Sox, uh, just about how many home runs are going to be hit against, against Tanner. With Ben, he was talking about how he's not going to get as many chances, so he thought he was right. going to be under. So, there we okay, go. you know what? I actually am okay with my reasoning there, because if I recall, it was more based around, hey, guys, get hurt, you know, things can happen, and... I'm fine with taking the L there, but still, down four zip. This is not good. Yeah, really. I didn't expect this. It was a cold start for Ben. I won't yeah. say it was a cold finish, but it was a cold start. Oh, man. So uh, the next one you guys did, you guys moved over to the uh, the hitting side. And the first one you did was Bo Bichette, Fangraph's War. And you set the number at two. And oh, he came in at uh, 0.9. Yeah. Ben went under. Arden went over. All right. All right. There you On go. the board. Yeah, that was a big swing. To be fair, if he hadn't been hurt, I think he would have been. Yeah, point nine in how many games? How many yeah. games did he play? Right, like that's part of the over under twenty something. Yeah, it's part of it. He was on fire when he got yeah. hurt, so I think the over was fair there. So tell me how many games he played. He played uh, twenty nine games. So actually, it would have been pretty if he played a full season. It would have been pretty close. <laughs> Great player, right? Yeah, no yeah. question. Point nine in twenty nine games, right? Mm-hmm. It would have been like right. It would have been pretty borderline. We set that pretty well. Yeah, that was a good number. There's a few here that were actually a pretty good number. I was uh, surprised by you guys nailing it. It's, uh, that's rare. So, um, so is that 4-1 Ben then? Is yeah, it's 4-1 Ben. Right right. No, 4-1 Arden, folks. Oh, sorry, 4-1 Arden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just used to that. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. All right, so the next one you guys had was Vladimir Guerrero OPS, oh, no. and you set the number at 841, which I thought was pretty reasonable. The actual turned out to be 791. Ben took the over on 841. Arden, <sighs> under King, takes it again. Yeah, this is how you win the over-unders. You just always bet against the team you watch. Just bet against them. It will yeah. always serve you well. I also know, Ben, you'll always go over on any Vlad Jr. I know. It's a blind spot. It's like coming spot. into the season, I think you would we could have increased the over-under on that. And you yeah. probably would have gone over. I think that we could have put it in like 880 and you would have gone over. Maybe. You're bullish on Vlad. And next year, I'm telling you right now, I'm taking the under on everything next year, except for Vladdy. I'll still take a few overs. <laughs> yeah, that's what we like to hear. Yeah. yeah. So that you guys, the 841 was on Zip's projections that you went off on. Right. Right. So that's fair. Yeah. Yep. I wonder what his projections will be going into next season, just considering the the first two of his career. Yep. That would impact it. Right. Like it's his Zip's probably put it around be, eight. I would imagine. Around eight higher. You think? I think Zip's will have him 830, 840. I'm not sure how much it weighs, like the minor league track record versus now we have a like somewhat of a major league sample, right? Right. But I mean, even the major league sample is kind of impressive when you think about, okay, he was 21 years old. He had an OPS close to 800 in a year where league average OPS was what, 745, 750, something like that. Yeah. So to be an above average hitter at 21 would usually portend more success at 22 and 23. Sam, you're a, you're a Blue Jays fan. Like, where are yep. you at on Vlad Jr.? How are you feeling going into year three? Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I get caught in the middle because I want to be excited about him, but I also worry about him, you know. I'm sort of caught in the middle on him. Like, I, I think that that Terry went on in the middle of this season was really encouraging, but I don't know. His lows are too low for me, but I digress. Let's uh, move on to another Vladdy one. You guys had Vladdy errors at three and a half at oh. first base. At first base. Yeah, flat ears at first base, you guys, because you guys talked about it's how hard the position, to make an error at first base. <laughs> the position moves you and you talked about theory. it. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. So I yeah, guess going into this, we knew that he had moved, yeah. he had changed yeah. positions. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, yeah, because we would have done this at the end of spring and coming into, right, it was like summer camp started and they were like, yeah, it's a first base now. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he was first baseman and uh, chasing balls to second base there uh, at the start of the year. It wasn't great, but um, you guys uh, said it set the number at three and a half and the actual was three and Ben went under Arden went over. So there you go. All right. Uh, you know, it's to not be that fair, easy to make it an error at first base. Arthur, no. you should have won this one though, because yeah. think of all those pop-ups that went, you know, behind first base and he just dropped or never touched, and those aren't scored as errors. Like For the sure. number of mistakes was like fifteen, um, right? But the number of errors was three. So well, even I'll, the ones I need like, that, that Sam was talking about, where he's ranging to his right when he shouldn't yep. on second That's base right. ball, you don't get an error on that. That's right. Think in the playoffs, he had a pop-up drop in in foul territory. I was watching uh, Trevor Bauer's YouTube. And he was like, during one of his YouTube videos, that was happening. And Bowers is like, oh, <laughs> it's just like a really funny reaction. <laughs> Future Blue Jay, uh, Trevor Bauer boys, talk about that in the next it. episode. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not I counting on it. it. I, don't, I don't know. I'm not Top counting sell. on it. Top yeah. sell, I would say. You guys started to get weird here a little bit. This is the first one that I was like, wow, if I was a producer, this one might not have trickled through. But <laughs> throwing some Joe, shade at Christian right there. <laughs> Joe Panic Positions played. You guys set the number at four and a half. And uh, the actual was three. Of course, he played shortstop, second base, and third base. Arden took the over on four and a half positions played for Joe Panic. Ben took the under. All right. I probably wow. thought he was going to play first and a corner outfield. Yeah, that's what, that, those, that was your exact reasoning. Yeah. Big Joe, Joe Panic guy. Arden. Yeah, yeah, big Joe Panic guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess we should have done that for Biggio. was really the yeah. guy we should have done that for. Yeah. For sure. You got to guys got to get way too nerdy and do chase rate for him instead of totally played. So well, Bishio yeah. played what right center second third. He never played I don't know short played, or first. I don't, I don't think know played first, but that's five positions. Or no, are we include four, four DH positions. as a position. I don't recall. Well, if we're play, if we're counting DH's position, um, Joe Panic was DH. Joe, I know that Joe Panic. Yeah, was at four positions. But that's still the under. Yeah, still the under. So we probably were including it if we set it at four and a half. Joe Panic DHing is just a, something that you would not have <laughs> would not have seen coming. But yeah. uh yeah. So Arden's up five three now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the next one here was uh Teoscar Hernandez, games in center field. And you guys set the number at fourteen and a half, and it came in at nine, which is uh, pretty surprisingly low. And both you boys took over and were wrong on that one. So Oh. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised that it was under 14 and a half games in center field, but I guess that just I guess Biggio uh, was the guy that they yeah. went to if Grichuk was out. That's the yeah. thing, like especially because Grichuk was hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Jonathan Davis would have seen some time in center field. Did Alford play there ever? Maybe a couple games. Fisher played it. I don't think. I think Fisher was in right mostly. That's certainly the lasting impression that I'll have of Derek Fisher <laughs> is playing right field and not playing it well. Oh, poor old D fish. Yeah. All right. So we were both wrong on that. Both yeah. wrong. So both it's still 5 3. Yep. All right. This one is how many Jays pitchers with one war? And you guys set the number at one and a half. And the actual was one with Hanjin Ryu. And Arden took under and Ben took over. Wow. So, so who do you think were the next closest pitchers? I mean, Romano would have been pretty close. The top two in war, I'm just pulling it up here. I had it. But the top two are Rafael Delise was number two on the team and Julian Merriweather. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. He didn't get that many opportunities. So Ryu was the only one who who got one more. Ryu was the only one. Wow. I want to know who Ben thought was going to be the other one. I imagine I just would have taken the field. Just as You're going Pearson. You're making a big case for Pearson. 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 Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so Henjin Ryu had a 1.9 war, and then Rafael Delise had a 0.6 war, Julian Merriweather, 0.5, Taiwan Walker, 0.5, Anthony wow. Bass, 0.5, Romano, 0.4. Wow. Well, they had so many relievers in leverage spots, right? Sure. Like, they, like, it was constant leverage out of the bull. And also, the way the Jays used their pitching staff kind of worked against you, Ben, right? Because they, yeah. you know, guys weren't getting too deep into game. Like, Ryu was the only guy who had any leash. I mean... If if Roark had been halfway decent, I mean, the guys had chances, you know. If Thornton had been healthy, I mean, I imagine most teams in baseball would have had more than one pitcher with one war. I mean, certainly most playoff teams would have had, you have to have three yeah. or four of those guys, you'd think. Sure. So what happened there? I won that one? Yep. Yep. You said under. So this is very strange. All right. Yep. The next one was a pitcher win category. I almost threw my headphones on the ground. I was so shocked <laughs> to hear it. But uh, the Blue Jays pitcher wins leader. 
was you, you set the number at five and a half wins and the actual was five with Hunjin Ryu and you both went under and you both got that. All there right. Go. Nice. nice. I'll take yes. it. You'll take the pitcher win category win, eh? Yeah, I would Or imagine. tie in this case. Yeah, tie, tie, yeah. All right, so uh, the next one was another uh, pitching category, and you guys said Jay's team ERA, and you set the number at 4.50, and it came in at 4.60, and you both went over, so you both get that one. Wow, all right. Nicely done by us. Yeah, so you guys are a little hot here. A couple, uh, couple wins in a row. How you feel? Not good. Not good. <laughs> How do you not feel good, Arden? You're you're Terrible. up six three. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm being set up for disappointment. No, here. no, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't have. I have a bad feeling here. Been this down is your this year, road man. before. Oh man, I've been here before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So the next one was Blue Jays with double digit homers, and you guys set the number at five point five, which I thought was pretty high, and uh, the actual was three, of course, with uh, Teoscar Lourdes and Randall Grichik. Arden went over. And Ben went under. Tellers didn't get there? Nope. There was a lot of guys close. Right? There there would be a bunch of guys at eight or nine, I would think. Yeah, there were. Like Vlad didn't get there. Like Bo. I guess Bo was hurt. Vlad had a terrible season. Yeah. I could see how I got to that prediction. You look at the three guys who did it and then just add in Vlad, Bo, Tellers. I mean, Biggio could do it. They have a lot of guys who could. Yeah, and you guys laid it out beautifully before the season started. Arden, you sounded pretty smart, I will say. And then uh, you're just wrong, unfortunately. But yeah. <laughs> well, Jansen could do it, you know? Yeah, you may, you did mention Jansen. So he had two in one game in the playoffs. Vladdy had nine. Kevin had eight. Rowdy had eight. Danny Jansen had six. Travis Shaw had six. Was yeah, five. Shaw, too. They had a bunch yep. of guys who could do it. Yep. I feel good about that prediction. They hit a lot of home runs for a 60-game season. I'm sure um, old Buffalo didn't hurt that. Yeah. Well, so like coming into Buffalo, everyone you talked to was saying it's a pitcher's park, like the wind blows in, it's cold. But then like the ball was flying out of there. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of games. Like that game against the Marlins was like insane. The one where they totally. went, well, it's like 15 or 14, 13 or whatever. And they were, everybody was hitting it out. I, uh, yeah. Maybe we should get used to that. I don't know if we'll be back. Well, like all the guys we'll who had played in Buffalo were saying like, yeah, it's tough to hit one out here. Maybe because, maybe because they're AAA baseball players. Does that have something to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> there were nights where to left, it felt like if you just got the ball in the air oh, yeah. left, like it was going. Oh, yeah. All right, so this next one you were both wrong on, and it was team wins. You guys set the over-under at 27 and a half. And they, of course, they came in at 32, and both you guys went under and were dead wrong. Ye of little faith. Way to go, fellas. What would you have taken, Sam, honestly, if you were on the under. pod? You would have 100% taken under. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. They, they did well. Yeah, and like looking at the, the case preseason, you, you'd say that, you wouldn't expect the Red Sox to be that bad. I don't think yeah. you'd expect the Mets to be that bad. Like, there's lots of teams that you would have expected to kind of be better than they were. So I, I definitely would have taken under that. But, uh, you know, I didn't have to put it on record until now. So there you go. Right. <laughs> I had them at 26 wins coming in, I think. I think that was fair. They, like, for sure, like, way outperformed any kind of objective projection for them. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Let's reset here. What is the score at? 6-4. 6-4. Six four for me. That's mm-hmm. right. You're still grappling with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, it feels like so that was so that was team wins. Feels like we're about halfway through. Feels like a good point to kind of reset, take a breath, step away, sell some stuff, and then return here on at the letters. It continues on at the letters Arden Zwelling, Ben Nixon Smith, Sam McKee is with us, and our producers, as always, Christian Ryan and Mike Tassoni. I am up, I already forgot, 6 4? Yep. I am up 6 4 on Ben. How many categories do we have left, Sam? You... Uh, let's see here. We have six left. Six left. That is yep. not a lot of room for me to make this comeback. I will say that the next category was extremely creative, boys. I, I really liked it. So. Well, didn't so wait? Didn't we um, like spring categories on each other? You did, and that's where right? this point started, right here. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but no, no, no. I hey, guess what? Wasn't going to mention it. So uh, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> so right. So yeah, we yeah we surprised each other with categories, and this is me surprising Ben. Yep, and this one was great. So uh, Blue Jays hitters and pitchers with sixty plus Ks. So that's mm. obviously hitters that strike out 60 times and pitchers that have 60 Ks. So 
you guys set the number at four and a half, and the actual was three. Uh, Ryu struck out 60, of course, and then Biggio and Teoscar both struck out over 60 times. Wow. So what did we take? Um, ben took the under, and Arden took the over. Mm. So I'm within one now. Yeah, it's 6-5. Was anybody close? Yes. Travis Shaw had 50 strikeouts, which was the next closest hitter. I don't feel like there was anyone that was as close. Um, yeah, I doubt it on the pitching side. You know what killed me on this was that, you know, Teoscar making like very real adjustments <laughs> to his approach, right? right? Same with like Rowdy Tellez. Yeah. Like re- real like chasing less. Like Dante Bichette killed me on yeah. this category, essentially. Ryu had 72 Ks. Far and away the clubhouse leader. The next closest was Tanner Roark with 41. Yeah. So no, Chase, no one close. Chase Anderson, 38. Pitchers weren't close. Yeah, I think I was. I was. Yeah, I was betting on. I imagine I was betting on hitters striking out. You were. Yeah, you Um, made that a lot of that case in your. Yeah, uh, yeah. because they have a lot of strikeout guys. For sure, they had. (laughs) This next one was awesome. So it was the combined games played of Alejandro Kirk, Jordan Groshans, Austin Martin, Simeon Woods Richardson, Alec Manoa. Wow, you guys set the over under at. 0.5. 0.5. Both took under, and it, of course, mm. went over with uh, Alejandro Kirk. Kirk playing nine wow. games. Yep. And yeah. what a blessing those nine games were. That was great. Oh, it was so that entertaining. Was the bright spot of the season, the, uh, <laughs> the power pot roast. Sam, you must have loved Kirk, right? Oh, in my, by far my favorite, Jay. Yeah. I absolutely love Alejandro Kirk. Love everything about him. There's not one thing. Those clips of him rounding third, like yeah. chugging home, there's nothing funnier in the game of baseball than that. So. Just pure hustle. That's my boy right there. So yeah, that was pretty good. You were both emphatic about that. Under, hard, under, no way. Yeah, wow. That was the reasonable thing, I would say. And we were right for most, like if, you know, Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire had better seasons, I I think it still, it would have been the under. We call this next category the John Gibbons Memorial. Uh, Oh, love this category. uh, Yeah, Charlie Montoya ejections. And you guys set the number at 1.5. And he was only thrown out once. And uh, I'll give you one guess who threw him out. Oh, um, Dick Carapaza. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Dick Carapaza. Yeah, yeah he ran him. Yeah. So there you go. Was that the shoemaker like yes. meltdown? Right? I think so. Uh, yeah. There was were that a few game? times where Charlie could have got tossed, right? Like, like that lineup card thing, I think, against Atlanta early in the season. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because, yes. I mean, Arden, I remember you and I saying, and Sam, I still want to hear what we actually took on that. But I remember you and I saying, Arden, like, there were times that Charlie arguably should have been getting tossed just because of the circumstances of the games. Well, Gibby would have had like a half dozen in this season. <laughs> Sorry. So um, you both took under, so you both nailed it. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. It's hard to go over on a Charlie Montoya ejection. Yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that gets tossed too often. How many times did he get tossed in his first season? I feel like it was like two times in his first time. One or like two, the, it wasn't a lot. 2019, it wasn't yeah. a lot. Yep. What's funny is you talk to people who were on the clubs that he managed in the minors, and they're like, this guy was a crazy hothead. Like, apparently what? in the minors, he, yeah, he was, uh, he was getting tossed all the time. He'd give it to us like nuts. If you're managing a minor league team, you got to get tossed a lot. Like, that's one of the perks <laughs> of the job at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Let your rage out. Maybe that's how you differentiate yourself to people. You know, oh, this yeah. guy's fiery. He's there for his team. Okay, so the next one is you guys, uh, when I would mention you guys getting nerdy, and this is the nerdy one. Guys with better chase rate than Kevin Biggio. Right. And you guys yeah. set the number at 0.5. Right. Yeah. The actual is zero. He would have the, he was number one. I remember this one. Amazing. That's, that's an amazing shout by you, Ben. Honestly, that's incredible. It's yeah. that's the best high, in the league. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I mean, it, obviously, like Biggio is just so good at that. And it's, it's kind of crazy that it, it is proving to be a repeatable skill. I mean, we saw Max Muncy in the playoffs do that all the time and i think muncie was like on that leaderboard right sam yeah like the top i mean the top you look at kevin biggio's name there and it goes kevin biggio i don't know if you've ever heard of this mike trout max muncie (laughs) carlos santana joey Votto, aaron hicks Kristen yelich trent grisham anthony radon juan soto so it's like who's who of players and kevin biggio at the top of that 16.3 percent so there you go it's wild that's, that's a, an incredible prediction, honestly. You gave me the field and you yeah. got it. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm happy with that one. I wish you would swing a little more. Maybe that's uh, just me. Maybe just swing a, one or two times more. But uh, He's completely <laughs> fine with what he yeah, does. Yeah, I think Pichio completely fine. He's got to figure it out. He's, he's so valuable. He, he is so valuable to this team. Led them in played appearances, led them in games played, I want to say. Or he must have. Like, I played, what, 
we were listing before four different positions starting in center second third right the on base is nuts like so 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 bad. i love watching him play baseball man he's sick and yeah and just makes the right play all the time yeah. right great player so we're, we're tied now right sam and yeah, we have I how many left? I knew two this or three? Was gonna happen. I don't know, man. I knew two left. Gonna happen. We have two, two left. Two left. Oh, yeah. It does yeah, actually yeah, routinely man. come down to us being tied near the <laughs> yeah, end. I, know. I feel like every year. This one was outfielders used for the Jays. And you guys set the number at 10 and a half. And the <laughs> like, actual was eight, which was pretty close. So uh, okay. Ben went under and Arden went over. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, so can, no. you guys, can you guys name all the guys that played outfield for the Jays? Eight? Eight. Yeah. Oscar, so, yeah. Lourdes Gritchuk. Yep. Vigio. Vigio. Yep. Davis Fisher. Alford. Yep. Alford Davis. Yeah. How many have we got there? Seven. Seven. There's one more. Billy McKinney for one game. Oh, oh, Billy McKinney. Billy McKinney. Who picked him up? Billy? Brewers. Brewers, I think. Yeah. The Brewers. Yeah. Somebody picked him up, right? Yeah. Yep. Billy McKinney. Both uh, parts. So the J Hap trade was Drury and McKinney for Hap, and neither guy on the forty man anymore. Billy not in the, not even in the organization. And I guess Drury will have the option of being a minor league free agent. That's right. In the coming days. That's right. So you might have both those guys gone, which is like that trade was not that long ago. Yeah, I had to sell my house on Drury Island, fellas. I was, uh, I was holding out hope for way too long with him. But <laughs> you and Rob Wong. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, 100%. I don't know. I, I just like to st- – it's like the stupidest Dumbo baseball fan, but I just like to stance. Look like a hitter up there. I don't know. I thought he looked good. Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins have made some unbelievable trades uh, as their members of uh, – as their front office. That one was not one of them. That was no. No. It was not. No. Nobody's 100%, right? No, like in, for sure. But they, they made some sick ones, but that was not one of them. Anything come to mind for you, Sam, just on that topic? Uh, the best ones that they've made? Yeah. Uh, I think Tay Oscar has to be the best one, yeah. right? Right now. Yeah, that's looking really good. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they, for Francisco Lariano, I mean, yeah. that's a pretty good piece of business. The Stroman deal looks good. K and Woods Richardson. looks good. Yeah. Although we'll see, like, book's still very much out on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I you just like jarred my memory. I feel like after the Hap deal, Brian Cashman had a quote like, uh, "Yeah, we you know we had to give up a lot more than we wanted to. Like you know we don't really feel he great about that. how much we gave up here." And <laughs> the uh, Randall Gritchick trade's pretty good too. Like say what yeah. you will about Randall Gritchick, but right. like they, I mean, what did they trade for him? Wasn't it like a reliever? Dominic Leone and Connor oh yeah, Green. Connor Green yeah. and Dominic Leone. Yeah, which so I, certainly you'd rather have Gritchick than those guys for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. So that's a pretty good one. We're missing some big ones. I know that, by the way, but we're not oh, yeah. gonna we're not gonna interrupt the whole podcast to do that. But I I know we're missing some other ones. So this is a perfect segue into the last one. So wait, so it's the last one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the last one and Ben's up by one. Yeah. Oh, so I can the best I can do is a tie. Uh, oh. Yeah. See, uh, I, I knew this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I got some news for you, buddy. <laughs> it's not gonna be a tie. Mark Shapiro <laughs> contract extensions before the end of the regular season. You guys set the over-under at 0.5, and of course, he did not get a contract. You both took the under. So, Ben Nicholson-Smith, the West End weapon, he wins. <laughs> the West End weapon. West End oh, weapon. man. <laughs> I am outnumbered here. Yeah, so that's true. Under on the, in yeah. This, including Kristen Ryan, producer. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. Wow. That was good, fellas. It was a great listen. I loved it. Uh, just, you know, brought me back to the old days, just uh, scrambling around in that backup studio trying to figure out right. what I was doing, you know? Started in 2015, <laughs> right? Like it's yeah. Been a lot back of years their, first, uh, their first good season. I was trying to figure this out the other day because I was talking to Amal Delich, also former yep. uh, HL yeah. producer, and he was saying we have over 300 episodes. Wow. Nuts. It's crazy. Wild. Really? So thank, thanks to everyone who's listened to we even put the numbers on them, but yeah, that's yeah, freaking yeah, that's nuts. crazy. It's a that's lot of episodes. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. I, that's well, what I thought was going to happen. I'm surprised. Honestly, I, I thought this was, especially when you got off to that hot start, Arden, I thought this was the year that you were going to win for sure. <laughs> and this, honestly, like I'm kind of shook from these results. Like I, I think that I need to really get back to my roots, get back to my <laughs> origins. Unders. Unders. All day. You need to rely more on your process. You need to tip of erase this thing. Totally. I right. need to take way more unders. I, you I let Blake Snell pitch too long. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Well, next year we'll be doing the uh, over-unders uh, Colton Wong positions played next year, right? I'd be all right with that. <laughs> He's a pretty solid player. I mean, for you all the have outcry. Cavendish, like, yeah, I know. 
You're yeah, he, he could be a fine like extra guy. I don't know if he's gonna want to sign somewhere that he's a bench player, but like for all the outcry yesterday, like the guy had a six seventy OPS last year. Like it's yeah. not you know, it's I not like he's Roberto Alomar. You have younger, better Colton Wong and Kevin Biggio, in my opinion, or just Agreed. like go sign to, uh, Tommy Listella. What's yeah, sign but, George Springer. How's that sound? Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a different category. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm just like up levels to the next. <laughs> yeah. next. Sign Trevor Bauer. Yeah. No, George Springer is my dream, but I guess. Yeah. Uh, thanks, fellas. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Sam. Hey, so what's your uh, before we let you go? What's your off season roadmap for the Jays? Arden and I have already kind of you know weighed in on this. As a, as a Jays fan, what do you want to see them do? I would say sign a starting pitcher, but we just watched World Series and uh, there's no starting pitching anymore. So <laughs> maybe sign some bullpen guys that throw 100 because that seems to be where the game is now. I'd love to see them get a really defensively capable outfielder. Maybe Jackie Bradley Jr., a guy, somebody who's going to save them runs in the outfield, play a fast guy, you know. But I honestly think they got a good thing going, but they just need some more arms. A starter and a couple, uh, a couple bullpen arms. But like I said, you know, if you don't have like six – guys coming out of the bullpen throwing 100 it doesn't seem like you're going to make the world series anytime soon so maybe the Jays should get on that yeah how do you feel about the uh, the state of starting pitching sam in, oh right you well, you want to get me started here like I yeah that's exactly I, what i, want I can't do. stand it i can't stand it i can't stand watching so baseball why I just, so, like ben and i obviously fall on the other side of the fence but i'd, I'd like to hear the, like your perspective on like what you don't like about it Okay, so I don't mind, like, I really don't mind having a guy, you know, go four or five innings, or they, they pull him. Like, I, I hated the Blake Snell thing, but I understood why they did it, the third time through thing. I understand that. But I just hate the Tony Gonsolin going, oh, he's definitely going to go four innings, and one guy gets on, and it's just like the hook, and then it's like a parade of dudes who throw it. I don't know. I just, I don't think it's an aesthetically pleasing thing to watch. I think one of my favorite things about baseball is having a guy, having a pitcher go out there and work his way in and out of trouble and sort of getting out of jams or getting into jams. You know, I don't know. I just working his way through a lineup third time through having to throw different pitches and stuff. I think that's like a big part of baseball. That's just completely lost now. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it's just the game has changed so much. The sport I fell in love with boys no longer exists. I'll say that. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And you're not alone in thinking that Sam, you know, which... like I can't stand the race. The way the Rays do business is just like, I was thrilled to see them lose. I know that the Dodgers are, just as analytically inclined as the Rays, but they spend big money on sick players. So I, I kind of respect that side of it. But I just, I just, I just don't like the way things are done these days. I really don't. So it's an aesthetic argument for you, then? For sure. Like, I, for me, it's like it's the starting pitcher thing, right? Like it's been such like an outcry and such an outrage over the last like few days. And I, just, I, don't, I honestly just don't get it. Well, I just you. So you're you're on the side of Snell. Well, that was the right call to take him out. I think that I wouldn't have done it myself, but I think yeah. the logic behind it was yeah. sound. It's like the reasonable. Logic behind it makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's totally and, reasonable. And what I would push back against in the Snell thing is people, and, and I'm not saying you, Sam, but people who say that it just wasn't justifiable, that it was that it was this like abomination of a move and that it just, it was not justifiable. And I'm like, I understand like the argument that you might've left him in personally because he was throwing well, but the idea of replacing a starter as he goes deep into the game for a, with a very good reliever, whether that's Anderson or Castillo or somebody else is another question. But to me, it's justifiable. Yeah. The, the, I mean, not to get to zoom right in on it, he took him out after, was it Austin Barnes got a, a single, right? Single, yeah, on a bad slider, yeah. yeah. And then he brought in Anderson. But Mookie Betts, the thing they've been talking about the whole playoffs is that, like this strange thing that Mookie Betts can't hit left-handed pitching. And his slugging and his stuff against left-handed pitching has been terrible. So I would have left him in for the playoffs even. It's been bad. So I would have left him in for bets and then the lefty and Seager and then see where I go from there. Fair. That's what, that's what totally I would have left Totally fair. For. I don't think he needs to be out there for 10 innings like Jack Morris. Like, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I just think that, like, I think he deserved – and they take this out of it. That's what the Rays do. I think he earned the right to face the top of the lineup one more time when he's your stud ace guy in a World Series game and he's pitching the best game of his life, I think he's earned the right to stay in there. But Kevin Cash and the Rays have always talked about how they take that element out of it, right? Like you got to have thick skin. That's their yeah. whole thing. And I hate that. I just hate that. I, I think sp sports are about guys sort of overcoming what they usually do. It's a sort of a narrative-based thing for me as opposed to a numbers-based thing. And I just hate it. I just, yeah. I just, I just hate it. I think also like on the aesthetic front of things, you know, it, it just breaks up the flow of the experience as a For viewer. Sure. And like, 
my favorite experiences of viewing anything. Like if I'm watching a movie, I don't want to sit, sit down and like pause it. I actually do pause movies, but like I don't want to necessarily like pause every five minutes and like have to sit through a commercial or like look something up. I just want to enjoy it and get into the flow of that movie, of that show, of that game, whatever it is that I'm watching. And so the more that you have these interruptions on the pitching side, then the harder it becomes to really get into the flow of the game. And the other thing with the flow is that these they bring these relievers in and every single one of these guys, it's the biggest outing of their life. They're like, oh my God, I'm pitching in the World Series. And they take 15 to 30 seconds in between every pitch. They're rubbing up the ball. They're taking their glove off. They're really honing in. And it's like, that's what stretches out these games. All these guys are just, they're like, it's the biggest inning of their life. And they're like, I have to do really well here. And I, I don't know. I just, I like fast baseball. Mark Burley's my favorite baseball player. Like Roy Halladay, these guys yep. who are just super fast, just get it and go. I don't know. I just, I'm old school, man. I guess I'm just, a, I guess I'm an old guy. I don't know. I just, I like the fast baseball. I, th- I don't even think it's just that though, because like, I don't know, man, like how often do I seek out any form of entertainment that lasts four hours, right? Like when I think about, I don't watch a lot of four hour movies, you know, I don't, I don't watch a lot of four hour basketball games or, you know, auto races or whatever the heck else like so four hour baseball that's a lot of time and so i think major league baseball and i love i love baseball it's my favorite thing it's my favorite entertainment product but i I still think like four hours is a long time yeah it's not the job of a front office to like feel no they're trying to win entertaining fast product (laughs) they're not trying to appease dummies like me that's the thing it's like the the whatever the cat I was gonna say the cats out of the barn I don't think that's a saying the it's the horses are out of the barn You're looking for a bag yeah the horses yeah, the, are out of the stable the yeah. horses are out of the stable like this is not going back you know we saw it with the Jays the Jays did this exact sort of thing in game one and guess what it worked like Matt Shoemaker was great for three innings I all me and all my Dumbo friends screamed about how stupid it was and then Robbie Ray came in and shoved and they lost that game but they lose that game three one it wasn't yeah. the pitching's fault so and Rosarena was the guy who hit the triple off Ray by yeah. the way which is kind of hey, funny in hindsight I gotta say I gotta say that um I not I don't get a lot of stuff right about baseball but I gotta be honest I had barely heard of Randy Rosarena and then he stepped in against the Jays I was like who's this guy and then he stepped in I was like okay yeah this guy's gonna haunt the Jays for the next <laughs> 10 years guaranteed and he haunted everyone he was sick so yeah I look here's the thing I'm gonna watch baseball I'm a baseball fan I, I, I I'm gonna always watch playoff baseball I'm always gonna watch the Jays I love it but it's just it's testing it's testing me I will say they did it your way for a hundred years I know the generation right. below me is not gonna be as as favorable to it I don't think so I think but I don't know how you change it. I don't. Th- I'm not going to sit here and be like, I have a, I have a solution. I don't think there is a solution. It's the like my my such my I, such an eloquent said. You know, uh, the cat's out of the bag, so it, it's done now. <laughs> well, they did it your way for a hundred years, and then they figured, you know what, this maybe isn't like the best way to win. Like we aren't winning that much. People who have been like we were talking about this the other day, Ben, uh, on the video with Alex Sixero, like people who are like dunking all over, you know, data driven decision making and analytics, right? Like, oh, the Rays are. How could they do this? They made that decision in game six of the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, the thing. that alone proves that their yeah. methods lead to success. And what were the, they and were. the Dodgers did the same thing. Yes. You know. The two yeah. are, would you say that those are the two most analytically driven teams in the MLB? Pretty close? I don't know. I mean, Houston, the the Yankees, Cleveland, Brewers. You look at the teams that have consistently been in the playoffs for the last several years those are the most analytically driven ones who's not that analytically driven is like the royals and the rockies right you know so hey royals won the world series boys only five years ago so that's right bunch ted yost yeah i will say hey here's a here's a solution or not a solution here's an idea to bounce off you guys what would you think about all right dh universal dh is probably headed that way anyways you only get to keep your DH as long as the starting pitcher is in the game. Ooh. I don't need it. No. no. Oh, I like that. You I like really like that. I kind of yeah, like it too. I like that a lot. Yeah. What do we do? So to what end? Like why? Why are we doing that? Because then it incentivizes teams to keep the starting pitcher in. But why do did we want to incentivize that? teams to do that? No, no, no. This, uh, this has been, I think, I don't know whether it was Tom Tango who suggested it, but I saw it on Twitter somewhere. That's Sorry for the lack idea. of attribution. But would, yeah. it, would it be, would it be, I guess that would be an NL only thing? Because it would be the same, or would it be both leagues? Both leagues. Yeah. Mm. Why are you going to have a 28-man roster, but then not let teams, or try to disincentivize teams from using those pitchers? Well, the idea would be that if you lose your DH when you take out the starting pitcher, it means that to keep the DH, you might be inclined to leave the starting pitcher in more. 
Yeah, if he's if he's hovering around eighty five pitches or yeah. ninety pitches, you'd rather you'd send him out one more inning as opposed to taking yeah. him out. There's but, nothing. But what are we fixing? Why? For what end? That's not going to speed up games. Like, it's not going to. What What's the outcome here? It's just to appeal to dumbos like Sam, right? Like, it's what's <laughs> for for people who liked things the way they were for a hundred years and can't stand that they're changing, that things are done differently now, right? Like, what uh, what, what what's the what's the outcome that you're looking for there? Speed it up, I guess, but it's not going to speed it up. Why can't really? people just enjoy baseball? Like, what's yeah. wrong with like Nick Anderson coming in and throwing hard and against one of the best like hitters in the game? It's not like they brought in like some scrub. They brought in like one of the best relievers. Over hey, the except last he gave up a seasons. run in like every game in the playoffs, yeah. other than that. You know? Yeah, giving you yeah your six game sample is like really well. Like it's just like the Mookie Betts against lefties thing, right? So oh, this year he didn't hit lefties. It was like fifty plate appearances. Like who that doesn't tell you anything. This is the exact argument here. You know, like they brought in it's a guy who they their computer their their computer printed out a plan where Nick Anderson has oh, been good yeah. in the regular season over a long sort of sample size, but then you look at it in the playoffs, he's been knocked around every game, and it's like yeah. they should have you know they. Sh- Maybe if you bring in a different Raising guy. in their computers. Like, you could yep. do this math by hand. It's like, you don't need a computer for They're any of this. It out. It's no, not like, it's like as if this is some sort of advanced, like, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's just, it's very clear, just probabilities and, and just using data and using history to tell you, like, maybe we shouldn't do things this way anymore. Like, Snell, like, two games earlier in the World Series, like, game two, like, had a no-hitter through four and a third or something and then he just gave up like a you know two walks and a bomb or something and they and not even one game earlier dave roberts did literally the exact same thing with clayton kershaw where he got two quick outs in the sixth inning and he came out and gave him the pull so i think that's uh i tend i tend to agree with arden in the sense that like if you if you can't accept what baseball is now then you're not going to enjoy it and part of you know part of what's happening in baseball is all these changes and if if fans don't like that which is fine and reasonable then that's their own decision but like you're not going to enjoy baseball unless you kind of accept to some extent that the game is changing and this is the the way that the game looks right now i think along with that though you know these four hour games i think it's just as an entertainment product i think it's too long so i think major league baseball has to tighten it in the playoffs i think it's fine I think playoff games, like, I, I don't mind sitting down and watching a, a World Series game that's going to be four hours. I mean, look at those, go back when, you know, like, with the Yankees and Red Sox, those games, when they, like, in the heyday, those games were going to, like, one in the morning. They'd start at eight o'clock. So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a length thing in the playoffs, but I think it's more of a length thing Tuesday night versus the Royals, where a game yeah. goes four hours, where it's like, this doesn't make any sense. The only way to meaningfully shorten the, the time a game is to eliminate it's shorten the game. Yeah. yeah. So, make it seven, innings. seven inning games. Yeah. Right. That's the only way to do it. None of this stuff like forget, you know, no intentional walks. You don't have to throw the pitches and limiting mound visits. None of this stuff is impactful. So if you really want to limit it, you have to eliminate innings. Otherwise, just enjoy the product. Like what I love about baseball is watching like a really good pitcher go up against a really good hitter. And so to me, that's Nick Anderson versus Mookie Betts. Like Nick Anderson's got amazing stuff and he's trying to get Mookie Betts out. Mookie Betts is like the second best position player on the planet. That's really cool. It yeah. just couldn't have gone worse for Kevin Cash and yep. Nick Anderson. It could not yeah, have gone but worse. Nobody points out all the times the Rays and Dodgers do similar stuff and it works, which is more often than not. Well, you said it best. They, you know, we're arguing about game six of the World Series with That's one right. of the lowest payrolls in the major leagues of baseball. So yeah. I understand. I understand where it's going. I, I And it's here's the thing. It's been happening for like the last five years, the last 10 years. Like it's not. But I feel like this has really been a referendum on it. And, you know. I think it's great for uh, what I do for talking about it on the radio. I love yeah. going on the radio and screaming about it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. Like, it's never going to, ch- it's not changing now, buddy. Like it's, it's done now. So it's, yeah. like Mookie Betts just as easily could have hit that double off of Blake Snell. It's right. not a foregone conclusion that Snell was going to strike out Mookie Betts. His velocity was declining. His last AB, it was like 94 to 97, right? From 97 to 94. Yeah. Yeah, his slider wasn't as effective because he threw that one to Barnes. The Barnes was able to, the number nine hitter was able to get a hit off of. I mean, yeah. there's the, like Mookie Betts very well could have taken Blake Snell deep. We don't know, right? And we never will know. The argument is like it, like it's it's heart versus hearts versus charts, boys. How's that sound? <laughs> it's hearts versus charts. And in my heart, I let my stud, I let my guy who's my number one guy, I give him the top of the order one more time when he's been completely dominant. 
And that's yeah. not the way Rays do things. And I, I, I disagree with it. I mean, it was a great World Series. That game four is one of the better World Series oh, great games game. I've seen in a long time. Great I enjoyed game. the playoffs pretty much all the way through. Yeah. But there the was, playoffs you know, really good. at least 15 times I was like, wow, this really seems long. Or like, this really seems unnecessary. Because it's baseball. One yeah, of my favorite moments of the whole playoffs was, was when you had Dusty Baker sticking with Zach Greinke. You know, that was yeah, cool. Sure. That was really cool. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. make the World Series, unfortunately. I was, I was the only guy in the world cheering for the Astros. But uh, they didn't Just come you like a you like a heel? Ah, give me cheaters over charts all day. <laughs> you got all these chart sayings. I got a chart that for you, I, gotta get, right? that, I think that one's Bonkinses, so I got to give him credit for that one. Cheaters, but, yeah, cheaters over, over charts. charts. I've got a chart, and I'm just going to write the number one on it. That's all it says. You know how, what that number one represents is how many runs the Rays scored against the yeah, Dodgers in that's Game all 6. You want to talk about why the Rays lost that game? It has nothing to do with removing Blake Snell and everything to do with the fact he scored one run against like the greatest team we've seen in a long, long... The, the Dodgers were not shut out this season. Literally. Really? Through regular season and playoffs, not once were they shut out. So wow. you actually literally could not beat the 2020 Dodgers scoring only one run. Wow. Well, yeah, and the huge narrative throughout the whole World Series was like that lineup was just bad. Like they couldn't hit at all. The only guy that seemed like he was going to get like anything was a Rosarena. I mean, you got Joey Wendell, wet newspaper Wendell, as I like to call him, <laughs> just can't get a knock. Adamus swinging at everything. Like I just, no their lineup is just not very good. So I don't know. Good for them for making it, but I'm thrilled they didn't win. Sam, I like your catchphrases. These are great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you you know, got to send that one back to the shop, I think. Wet newspaper, <laughs> newspaper Wendell? That's what he's swinging up there. No glove. Oh, you got no glo- Maybe you should put some gloves on, Joey. Maybe you should put some gloves on because maybe that'll help. I think stink. everyone's missing the point. Like the Dodgers are so, so, so good. The fact For that sure. the Rays even got to that point against the Dodgers is like speaks to their methods being absolutely successful. Like the Do- like the Dodgers had like a what was their run differential this year? It's insane. Like it was off the charts. 43 and 17 record in the regular season. They were so much better than everybody else. Yeah. They're so good. And what I will say is that I think that if uh, any other team, honestly, almost any other team had won, you want to get into real radio, sports radio talk here. I think there might have been an asterisk on literally any other team. But it's the fact that the Dodgers won. They're clearly the best team. It's kind of like what happened in hockey with the Lightning winning. Like, it was kind of weird, but everyone kind of accepted that they're the best team. Same with the Lakers. So I, I think that, you know, I don't think there's any asterisk on, on the Dodgers because they're the best team. They deserve to win. They have the best players, best arms. No, they're undeniable. Yeah, Absolutely they undeniable. 100%. Incredible regular season. Swept the wild card series. Swept the first round. Seven games in the, in the CS. Right? Yeah, came back from 3-1. And then, uh, yeah, six. So what? They would have been thirteen and five in the playoffs. I guess. Pretty like, good. Wow. That'll play. Against the best teams. Yeah. It's unreal. And you know, yeah. to go back to that discussion around pitching and how you manage it, the the Dodgers. Part of the reason they were fresh in the in the playoffs and they had Bueller ready for Game Seven if they needed him, was because Bueller did not go deep into games in the regular season. Neither did Urias. Neither did Dustin May. I mean, these guys were relied upon, but they just they weren't overexposed or overextended at any point. So by the time you get to the game six of the World Series, oh, Urias can close it out, be amazing, be fresh for those last couple innings. And he's so nasty, man. Walker yeah. Bueller. Uh, was there one of you guys that asked about his pants after the after the loss or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, think, I don't think they sent the Zoom uh, the Zoom link to that guy again. That was quite a question. But yeah, anyways, exactly. I love Walker Bueller's best heater in the league. Got to be. It's great. It's just like, it's most effective for sure. Yeah. yeah. Quote unquote, only 97, but yeah. yeah. Looks harder than that. It does. It does. It just seems to stay up in the zone. Well, it's high spin, right? Like yeah. Thomas Hatch has the same thing. So it spins yeah. like crazy. So it doesn't drop as much as you expect it will as a hitter. So that's why you get like a lot of those swing and miss like under it because guys like expect it will drop a bit more and it does. It's like an optical illusion coming at you. Yeah. Cool. See, that's what's interesting about baseball to me. Totally. Man. Like it's a different repertoire. But he's different. a starting pitcher. And he went six innings in the World Series. And I was like, that's great. I love that. And I, I think six innings is my threshold. Sure. Six innings is my threshold. I'm fine with you bringing in the bullpen after six inning if your starter is dealing. That's, That's the other thing about game. Snell, right? Like Snell in his career has never pitched a complete game. Like has never had a complete game shutout. So like you're like the the alternative like scenario was that Snell was going to have a complete game shutout, which he's literally never done his entire career. Like Nick Anderson was pitching in that game regardless at some point, yeah. whether it was in that spot against bets or whether it was like after Snell gets bets or, you know, whether it was the following inning, like he was going to pitch in that game. It was yeah. going to happen. Totally true. 
just to put a bow on it, how about uh, Dave Roberts uh, shouting out uh, Ross Stripling, Blue Jays, and his, <laughs> Did he? Uh, and his yeah, yeah, and his I missed uh, that. In his post game thing, he was like, and and Ross Stripling, he was wow. one of the like five guys he shouted out. So there you go. And Stripling's going to get a strip. ring, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. David Price get a shout out? No. Yeah. I for- wow, I forgot he was even on the team. Wow, yeah, buddy. That's how yeah. good they are. They could have David Price just not show up, also, you know, for understandable reasons, all season, and they'll win the World Series. Kershaw and David Price in the same room. The playoff narrative's just through the roof there. So. <laughs> hey, they both have rings now. I know. Oh, I does know. Price get a ring, I guess? And he Red got Sox. one, yeah, with the Red Sox. Oh, with yeah. the Red Sox, yeah, yeah, In 18, yeah. Where he was right. really good, so. Yeah, he was. David Price should have, like, opted back in after game five. That's right. <laughs> get I'm back. <laughs> All right. All right, Sam. Thanks, Sam, man. We'll let you go, buddy. All right, that was fun, guys. Appreciate yeah, you having great. me on. I hope my old man takes for too much for your extremely forward-thinking listeners. So <laughs> Far from it. Uh, that's Sam McKee. That's Sammy McKee. Hear him on the Fan 590. And the golf guys. Watch oh, those golf yeah. guys videos. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When's my golf guys invite? When do I get to get out there with you guys? I didn't even... I've, I think I've invited you maybe once or twice for golf and you didn't come. Mm-hmm. So you get, once, you get once or twice. Hey, we're playing tomorrow morning. Eight degrees. Five oh degrees. Want to come? Yeah, no. you're in? Okay, there you go. That's three. You're out. <laughs> uh, Sam McKee, uh, Ben Nixon Smith on Twitter at B. Nixon Smith. Our producers are Mike Sony and Christian Ryan. And my name is Arden Swelling. And we will talk to you next time on At The Letters.